You're listening to Head Table Talk, and I'm your host, Meredith. Every week, I sit down with a wedding industry professional, and we chat the ins, outs, and in-betweens of the wedding industry. So please, join us at the head table and prepare your toasts. Hello, listeners. I'm so glad that you are back listening another week to the Head Table Talk. Just wanted to pop on real quick before our wonderful interview with Maidenwood Weddings and Events that I know I keep reiterating this, but we have a amazing giveaway coming up very soon. So if you don't already follow us on our socials, go ahead and do that. We are just at Head Table Talk on Instagram, and that is where the giveaway will be. So make sure you head on over there and follow us. If you also haven't already subscribed to us, followed us wherever you listen to your podcast, please do so. It really helps our numbers. And if you want to, you know, take a couple minutes and give us a, you know, five-star review, I wouldn't mind that either. So follow us on all things social media, and we are going to do a very quick word from our sponsor, and we will be right back with our interview. Head Table Talk is sponsored by Hinterlane Music Festival. Hinterlane Music Festival is four days of music curated for all who love both music and the outdoors in a beautiful rural escape just outside of Des Moines, Iowa. The festival features music, camping, arts and crafts, family engagement, food trucks, and more. Taking place this year, August 4th through the 7th, with a lineup you won't want to miss. Some bands I'm personally looking forward to are Glass Animals, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, Billy Strings, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, Phoebe Bridgers, Muna, Jenny Lewis, Goth Babe, Petey. There's so many good ones this year. Head to hinterlandiowa.com for details, safety guidelines, festival tickets, camping passes, and more. And stay tuned to our Instagram for ticket giveaways. See you at Hinterland. On this week's episode, we have Steve Mackey of Maidenwood Events. Nestled in the bluffs between Maiden Rock and Stockholm in western Wisconsin, Maidenwood is a wedding and event center that sits on a 40-acre plot of nature reserve with views of Lake Pepin of the Mississippi River. Maidenwood has it all. Want a ceremony with a sweeping view? They got it. An intimate ceremony tucked into gorgeous pines? They got that as well. A place to get ready and stay at on property? They have it. Welcome to the head table, Steve. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on here. I love looking at everything that happens on your property. It's so beautiful. Like I kind of said in the introduction, you guys really have it all as far as, you know, like the tall pines, the views and having, you know, just a lot of stuff on site for brides and couples to use. So can you kind of tell in your own words a little bit about your venue and how you ended up there? Uh, Absolutely. So yeah, one of kind of the things that we want to do is we are in, in the country, we are, um, you know, uh, out, not, not super close to any, any metro, metro area. So I try to make it as easy as possible for our couples to get married here where that I always say, I don't want you to have to bring a U-Haul to your wedding day <laughs> of all this stuff that you want to bring. So, I mean, um, we try to have, you know, <clears throat> we're not going to have everything for everybody, but we try to at least have uh, something that if you want it, you can use it. If not, we can take it out, you know, like if it's an arch or if it's, you know, um, tables and chairs and all that stuff, we have all that stuff. We, 
include draping of the ceiling in, in our price. We include uh, lights, cafe lighting on the ceiling is included as well. So like you don't have to bring out, you know, a, de a decor person to do 10 hours worth of stuff um, just to get married here. So we feel like we kind of have a good, really good base um, already set so that if they want to just come and bring something super simple for centerpieces, that's great because um, we also love the, the natural, you know, the property that we have that it just, you know, the, the inside doesn't have to be as beautiful because the, the outside <laughs> is beautiful too. So that's um, awesome. How you have like it, your space is kind of like a blank slate as far as like reception and stuff goes, but you also have everything there because I feel like a lot of venues do just kind of like have the space and then they say, okay, do with it as you please. But you having like all those things as a possibility to be included, I'm sure is such a relief off of couples. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, we, we have, like you mentioned, 40 acres. Uh, we, we have one ceremony spot on, on kind of, they're both on opposite ends of the 40 acres. So we like to we like to let our couples roam the property. We like to have them use the whole thing because there's a lot of diversity in the property itself where one of our ceremony sites, as you mentioned, uh, looks all the way down to Lake Pepin and the Mississippi River. Um, and it's in the middle of about a 10 acre wildflower, natural wildflower oh. field. Um, and then the other one is completely different where it's you're, you're um, you know, uh, tucked underneath, pine, you know, towering pine trees um, and it's not like you're next to them. It's you're in, in them, you know, like the, you're, the, the bottom is a pine bed, um, you know, that is dropped from the trees that are there. So it's just, um, you know, completely different. And then we have kind of, you know, other, other unique spots too, where it seems that every couple kind of finds a different spot on the property to take, you know, photos where, whether it's, you know, um, birch trees or, you know, we have a couple of huge, you know, really old oak trees that they like to take pictures by and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, your property is just gorgeous. And being able to have, like I said, like both of those things on one property is insane. Usually you have to choose like one or the other, as far as like, well, do you want like a big field or do you want these giant pines and having them both is like, so I feel unique, but that's, that's awesome. So how long have you been a part of Maidenwood? Uh, so we, uh, my wife and I purchased, purchased it in October of 2020. So in the, in the middle of the pandemic, why not buy a wedding venue, right? So, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so to kind of give you a little background um, and kind of a fun, fun story is uh, I run a, a, a small DJ company with about 10 DJs on that, that uh, kind of run, uh, you know, kind of work with me. Uh, and, uh, so I've been doing that full time for the past eight years and I had actually DJed a wedding here, um, okay. in 2018. Um, and the previous owners were not doing, they were using it more as a bed and breakfast with and hosting a few weddings a year. Um, but then I came out here and just saw the views and saw the place and it was amazing, uh, and put it in the back of my mind that, you know, but it's kind of fun to see, you know, I was texting my wife photos of this, you know, as I do sometimes with some of the venues on that. And then when we, when it came full circle that we, you know, the, the property came for sale and the owners uh, reached out to the owners and uh, we ended up moving, moving here and purchasing it. And it was kind of fun to see the, you know, the backstory of, I remember, you know, like looking at the text that I sent my wife, like, check out this view, you know, or, um, and then we actually had announced it to uh, like out to the world, Facebook world that we were purchasing it on 
the three year or the two year anniversary of when I was actually out here. So just randomly happened where like, that's the day we decided we were going to go public with it. And then, uh, you know, like it pops up on your Facebook page where you were two years ago. And it was like, Maidenwood. So, wow. That's like, I'm sure like a full circle feeling for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, um, so yeah, that was about two years after I'd been out here. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, that couple, I reached out to that couple and it was just kind of fun to, to, uh, you know, put the two and two together, like, Hey, we own this place now. So come out and visit us, you know, and, um, it was fun. I'm always so interested about people who work in the wedding industry and then take the leap into getting like a venue and going to that side of things. What do you feel was like the biggest challenge, but also the biggest reward of doing that? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, I thought that it would be, uh, I'll be honest. I thought it would be easier than it was. <laughs> um, you know, you're in, you're in weddings and of course you see all the you know, you see all these different venues and all the, all the beautiful stuff, but there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, and the other thing that I was, the, the challenge that I had was, you know, um, we're just gaining, gaining traction as far as, you know, the other venue or what, before we bought the venue, they didn't have an Instagram or a Facebook, right. you know, like, and so it's just like, they had no, really no following. Nobody knew about us besides from the bed and breakfast side of things. And, um, I'm not a good enough cook to continue that. So <laughs> I just said, let's just do weddings. Um, cause I'm better. I feel like I'm better at that. But, um, so then it was just kind of finding, finding out on the, on the venue side, there's so many unknowns that it takes the, the lead time is so much longer where you have a couple who comes out here. And they might be setting up, you know, five different tours with five different venues. And so they have to set up, you know, yeah. with availability. So, I mean, sometimes it's, it's a three to six month process before they actually book, book a venue wow. where I was used to on the other side of, of, of the DJ side is like, Hey, um, a lot of times um, they had done a lot of their research before they even contacted me. And I had, you know, like, they're like, uh, I'm getting married on this date at this venue. Are you available? if you are, I want to book you, you know, like, so essentially it's right. like a lot of those were like one, two touch books, you know, but then this is more of a, yeah. you know, like I said, could be a three to six month process before you even connect with those people. But it can also, the rewarding part of that is like, you've already got a little bit of a rapport built with those couples mm. when they do book and you're like, you know, and I start to get, um, you know, attached to them, even sometimes before they book, like, man, I really hope that these, these yeah. people book here. Cause they're like, they're our perfect. They're like, you know, the pe- perfect people we want to, we want to deal with. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the, the good and the bad. I've never thought about it that way because having to like schedule, like physically actually going somewhere is so much more difficult. Cause usually, yeah, I just meet with clients, like after they get off work on zoom and it's right. super easy, but being able to like coordinate all those schedules, I'm sure is so difficult, but that leads me into my next question that I was going to ask you is what is like a, like if you were to draw out like a maidenwood couple, like what type of couple books your venue? Yeah. Great, great question. And, um, it's not, uh, I think we kind of have a little bit of appeal to a wide variety in, in a certain way where, like you mentioned, we kind of have a diversity in the property itself. And I would say we kind of have where some people will come out and they'll bring, uh, you know, super elaborate centerpieces and they'll bring, you know, like 
decor and all this kind of stuff. And then we have we have the complete opposite where we've had some weddings where they're like, we're here for the property. They bring a mason jar with a battery operated candle <laughs> and put it on every other table. And they're like, we're good. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Um, but I think um, one of the things that I usually try to tell people is um, we are like, I would say legit nature reserve where it's like, we're not um, the type of uh, venue that um, everything happens within a one, you know, like within, mm-hmm. within walking, like, you know, like, yeah. okay, here's the ceremony. Then you take two steps to the reception and then everything is there. Like I said, both of our ceremony sites are, um, you know, are a walk, you know, walking distance. And, and uh, because, because of that, it doesn't work for everybody and that's okay. Um, but we're, we're, you know, we get a, tend to get a lot of people who like to hike, who like to do yeah. um, outdoor activities. We get a lot of people who have dogs. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> if just random or not, but we, we allow dogs to be, you know, involved in ceremonies and stuff like that. So um, we get a lot of people who, who love it. And I mean, they bring their dogs out for tours and they just go running oh. and, and they love, you know, just love it. So, um, and my kids, uh, my kids love that too, because I'm, I'm at the point where, um, I want to get a dog, but owning a venue, I think is kind of a little bit of a, would be a hairy situation with the dog in case anything was to happen. So it's like, yeah. So anytime somebody else brings a dog on the property, I'm like, great. Then my kids can play. <laughs> but, um, oh. That, uh, I don't know if that's just random or not, but, but that's what I'd say is, is kind of our, our, um, ultimate couple is like someone who loves the outdoors, um, and just loves, loves nature, loves to the beauty of, you know, natural photos, um, you know, natural, um, native plants and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, um, we try not, we try to do as much, um, sustainability on the property yeah. as possible. Like, you know, if possible, we like to do composting. Um, you know, when the floral person is done or when they arrive, we give them a compost bin to, to throw their stuff in wow. and then we'll compost on site. Um, and then we try to, you know, we have a bunch of recycling, um, that we try to do as well. And, you know, just kind of stuff like that, that, yeah. that kind of resonates with just a, with a certain, with a certain type of, of yeah, couple. that's so cool. Oh, I'm like in love with the venue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is something that you think people might misunderstand about owning a wedding venue? Um, that it's uh, like that you only work on the days when you have weddings, you know, um, like, you know, like I kind of led on to before uh, it is a lot of work, especially owning a, a 40 acre property where, yeah. um, you know, maintaining the property itself is almost like a full-time job and running the, the wedding business is almost a full-time job in itself, you know, like, so, um, but yeah. And then just the, the other thing that is, um, can be challenging is just, you know, seeing as, as I just mentioned, you know, maintaining the property itself. And then you see 200 people come on your property and treat it, you know, treat yeah. it not the way that you would prefer, but, um, and then right. also to like, you know, seeing, the other thing that's a pet peeve, of course, is like, um, is you see like young kids just getting to run, but it's kind of, it's, it's kind of understandable, you know, like you want people to enjoy themselves, you want people to kind of be laid back. So, um, but it's like, you know, when they're, you know, we have, a, we have a few apple trees on our property. And when you see young kids mm-hmm. running up and, and grabbing apples and chucking them at people, then it's kind of like, where's your parents? But at the same yeah. point, you know, 
Um, we don't mind if people are running around, if, if kids are running around having a good time, because right. you know, like we love, there's sometimes there's um, the groom, groomsmen or whatever, before they get dressed, they're out here and they're like, they, they've been playing catch with a baseball or playing football and stuff like that. And we did that. that I love that part of it where, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can, we have the space for that to happen. Your venue just like, sounds like it feels so wholesome. Like, it sounds like you really prioritize, like, the things that really matter. Like, you might not need, like, all the huge pomp and circumstance. And it's kind of for people who just are very down to earth and want to have a good time in beautiful nature. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in some ways, I feel like it can be, um, you know, can have a feel of, like, a uh, more of, like, a family reunion. So, like, it doesn't have the pressure so much of a, of a wedding that everything has to be exactly perfect at exactly the right time. It's more of like, let's come out here. Let's let our hair down. Let's really enjoy each other. Um, yeah. and, and then I feel like the couples so far, couples have really loved that part of it where they just like, um, you know, and, and the other thing is, um, we found that, that the vendors that come out here love that mm. part of it too, where, um, you know, I'm always zipping around and, you know, like the photographers are always like, this is the best, like, this is the best yeah. venue. You're the best venue, venue owner. And I'm sure they say that to all of them, but anyway, um, <laughs> it just, it feels, it's, um, it feels like we kind of have that, um, that feeling though, where it's a little less stressful, yeah, um, a little more, just come out here and enjoy your family. Kind of As a family. wedding photographer, like the best venues are the ones where it literally is just like everything is on site on property and it's just kind of like a photographer's playground like there's yes. so many different options and it just sounds amazing so as far as like man maintaining the space and the grounds and stuff is it just you your wife and your family do you have like a big team how does that work um no so so far it's just it's just us at this point I mean, oh my I gosh have, um, yeah yeah i um both my wife and I grew up in Northwest Wisconsin, so small towns. And so this feels like home to us. We mm-hmm. were in, in the Twin Cities area for about 15 years before we moved out here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, um, I grew or I worked at a, at a golf course in, uh, in, in okay. high school and college. So um, I like to think that my, my mowing lines are pretty straight. <laughs> I take a lot of pride in that. So there I have one, one mom of a bride mentioned my, my lines. Um, uh, that is such a Midwestern dad thing yes. though, too, is like being yeah. proud of the mowing. <laughs> and so, um, and then uh, of course I made sure to make, to, to tell my wife, I was like, will you go tell my wife that, you know, <laughs> she thinks, cause it takes me about, uh, on a normal, normal day, it takes me about six and a half hours to mow. Wow. Um, because we have about five, five miles of walking trails on the property as well. So like, um, okay. mowing those too. So it's just like, um, you know, a little bit of a justification if people come out and appreciate, yeah. appreciate it. Right. So, yeah. Um, so you make like, you mow like the walking paths and stuff, like through the fields and everything. Yep. And that's awesome. Yep. Yep. And then, um, yeah, we also, one of the things I like to do is, um, you know, if there's a, every time we get like a new photographer or video person who comes out, um, right away, I'll catch them when they get here or I'll have them ask me or, you know, ask for me when they get here. And I'll take them around the whole property and kind of give them nice. some ideas and kind of show them around like uh, of where some other people have done some stuff. And, you know, and then at that point they can pick whatever they choose or, you know, yeah. whatever they want the, for the right. look that they want and stuff like that. So, so 
I always ask this to people who come on the podcast as a photographer like myself, what are some things that we can do to help you and make your job easier? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, for, for us anyway, and this is not probably not all of them, but like, um, my wife has had a word for it and I can't think of it, but it's like, you know, like, uh, where you, you know, you know, don't go and trample over, mm. you know, flowers just to get some amazing, you know, like this right. shot that you want, you know, like, yep. um, I think there's like some place for it. Like leave no trace. Yes. Leave no trace. That's what it, it is. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, that's something that we really, uh, yeah. is top of priority for us just because of the type of venue that we have. But, um, really the, the other main thing that, that I would say is just like the whole, um, uh, you know, just if everybody's on the same page working together, mm-hmm. that's just communication is always number one. And that's what it's always been for me on the DJ side too, where, um, you know, I find that some, some DJs tend to just kind of be off on their own and, and have their own agenda. But one of the first things I do when I meet, when I'm, when I'm there at a wedding is, you know, I'll go up to the photographer, I'll go up to the caterer, kind of find out, make sure that my notes match theirs um, yeah. so that I, I know because kind of we're kind of the we're usually the mouthpiece or whatever that's telling people what's going on and so if I know that hey you know if you tell me as a photographer we're going to slip out for golden hour at this time or this is what we're hoping to you know like I can accommodate that but if but um if you just like if all of a sudden I'm playing a song and then I'm going to play you know one of the bride's request songs and I play it and she's not there because she's out at golden hour photos but I didn't know that you were leaving you know like then yeah. it's like, oh, well, I got to play it again. And I look stupid, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. That's something that we harp a lot about on this podcast is that even though all of these different vendors are like their own, you know, company on the day, we all are serving the same client. And as long as we absolutely. can all, you know, put your own egos aside and all work together. So the day, it just makes the day flow and move so much better. Yes. Yep. And it's, um, you know, I kind of think of it every, every wedding that I go to or every wedding we have here is we have a vendor team. That's where we are a team. Mm-hmm. That's what we yep. need to be because all of our goals are for the bride, bride or the couple to have the most amazing day. So it's like, um, we can all work together towards that goal because it makes all of us look good. If that happens, right. you know? exactly. And so exactly. Absolutely. If the cater, you know, like if the caterer is five minutes late, well, I'm not going to announce over the microphone. Hey, the caterer is five minutes right. late. It's, it's, you know, I'll tell the bride, you know, or we'll suggest to do something else for five minutes so that, yeah. so that, you know, the caterer doesn't look like they were late. They, it's exactly. just, it looks like it was right, right timing. So, yeah, absolutely. I love that, that thought process. Okay. I have a couple of kind of fun questions to ask you now. Okay. Do you have any like wedding day rituals? Do you start your day off on a wedding day, like with a specific cup of coffee, anything like that? Uh, I don't, I would say, uh, the one thing I have is this, uh, the shirt I'm wearing today is my lucky tour shirt. Um, so That's like, awesome. um, whenever I have couples out for tours, I, um, I would say I wear this shirt more often than not, just because it's <laughs> like the first, first day I wear it at Ward. I think I, I got three bookings on one. Wow. That like, is a lucky shirt. Like three people that came out. So now it's just like a kind of a thing. And and my kids will know like, oh, dad's wearing his tour shirt, you know, like, so. Um, I love it. That's awesome. I would say that that's, that's the, Biggest that's the only ritual. thing I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. 
What are some new kind of like trends or ideas that couples are coming to you with that you're going to see kind of implemented in the next year or so? Um, one that I like is um, the um, after, you know, the after the dance is done, you pull the couple, just a couple back into the dance floor for, for one last dance. And a lot of times it's the very first, same, same song that they danced yeah. to on their first dance, but you pull them back in with nobody else in the room just and then it's like it's just a it's a really really cool moment and um especially like if the photographer's still there the video person's yeah. still there to capture that one last moment where it kind of it is just like a, a reset of the night like and i always i love that part of it where um i try to tell my my couples the dj side too is like you'd rather uh, leave the dance with people wanting more than like for it to peter out because it's just yeah. such a different feeling when it's like you can get everybody you know in a circle you know at the end or whatever you do um, to have people there still because it's right. just, it's it's a really yeah it's a totally different feeling and then you get that last feeling as the couple they're going to share one last dance without anybody else no more noise the day is you know like the form formalities are over. Yeah. Let's just, you know, just get that one last moment to remember this for the rest of our lives. Sort They're really of. good, like bookends to the yes. dancing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so <clears throat> do you have any secrets as far as like what, like if something were to like go wrong, like 20 minutes before the ceremony, it starts downpouring. What is like, do you have any secrets for staying calm under pressure? Um, no, I, I tend to be a very calm person in, in that, but, um, I think it's because, um, I'm more of a, uh, like, I, I think things through more than, and my wife is almost a complete opposite where she'll just do. And so that's kind of like a good combination of us and, and also causes a lot of arguments, but at the same time, we, um, we, uh, you know, we, we tend to kind of both by the end kind of figure out, okay, well, that's just our right. different personalities where, yeah. you know, like, um, I so live I, in the mindset of I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and that would be like, my wife is like, I would sit there and plan out, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I got to do this, 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 and think about this. And what about, and, and she's just like, just do it, <laughs> just do the first step, you know? Um, right. Oh, that's so awesome. That's something that I think is more um about me that is just more in general. I am more of a thoughtful instead of just like a freak out person. Yeah. Um and I don't know, you know, where that where that comes from or whatever, but that's what I tend to my mind to to a solution. Yeah. It's a good thing to have as a wedding vendor because a lot of things can definitely go wrong on a wedding day and being able to stay calm under pressure is something yes. that you got to let the bride and everybody else freak out, but you got to remain like, you know what you're, you, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and um, yeah, a lot of times it's hard and you got it. Sometimes you're, you're faking it till you make it, you know, mm -hmm. like just, um, and I kind of felt that way this whole wedding season where it was our first wedding season. And um, you know, it's like, I didn't know really anything that went on, you know, um very much of like the getting ready thing so I'm yeah. just like you know I I was heavy I'd heavy lean on my day of coordinators that I've dealt with in the past and just 
you know, what typically happens, what should I have included? What do I need to have for them? You know, like, um, you know, in what space do I need to create for them sort of, um, to lean on that. And then it was just like a complete, you know, this, this whole off season right now has been like super expensive, but it's been tweaking some of that stuff where it's like, okay, this would work better. And then if we did this, this would be better, you know? Right. Um, but that was kind of, that absolutely makes sense. Um, so this is, so 2022 will be your second full wedding season then? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, you know, last season we were, was, was very partial, you know, we did, yeah. I think we, we did a very small amount, but it was as far as what we're hoping to do or what we have this year, but it was, it was nice to kind of ease, ease in, right. put, our, put yeah. our toes in the water that way. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that is a pro about being in the wedding industry and in such a seasonal environment, because you do have like the slower season to really like tweak things out. Like, okay. Like for us, you know, it's like, what kind of new gear, what kind of, you know, marketing can we really work on now and then see how it implements during the busy season and then do it all again, the next slow season. Right. Right. What can, what, what uh, processes do we need to implement? What do we need to change? What do we need to add? You know, and um, and just, you know, what, you know, dealing with like, you know, at what points do I need to email them and, and remind them about this and this, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. I, your venue like looks so gorgeous. I can't wait to hopefully shoot a wedding out there someday. Yes, can you tell great. our listeners where they can find you at online? Yeah. So, um, website is, uh, is still a two year work in process, but, um, <laughs> maiden, has, has some stuff on there, but I would say the most up to date would be our Instagram at um, at Maidenwood Events, Facebook at Maidenwood Events, and um, um, if I can talk my wife into starting on TikTok, that will be hopefully coming. But it seems like everybody's going there. But um, that's those are the best ways. And then you know all of our contact information is on there, and and I try to um, you know get back to people however they want. If, they, if you want to if you want to call or text or email, whatever. If you want to talk on Messenger. Um, whatever works best for you works, works for us. So that's awesome. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but at the end of every episode, we usually toast to something in the last week that has given us some kind of joy, made us laugh, or if there's just someone special in your life, you want to give a toast to, um, I'm going to go first this week. I'm going to toast to daylight savings time because I love the sunsets at a, at a later time. And I feel like as a photographer, now we can start to work a little bit better because before the sun would set when people were at work. So, you know, evening sessions were a little bit more difficult and just, you know, I like the later sunsets and I think spring is here. I think so. All right. What about you? I'm going to toast to contractors showing up because it's it's been a challenge. Um, Like we talked about before, uh, before the call or whatever, just to, to kind of get all the stuff done here. And, and, and also to the nicer weather that allows Mm -hmm. some of these projects to get accomplished because it's, I don't, I don't want to deal with negative degree temperatures working on something outside. So that's what I'll agreed. Yes. Toasting to them. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on here, Steve. It was great to get the chat with you listeners. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe, and we will be back next week with another guest. 